The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. Hey, all seven rounds in heaven is back. We're brought to you by Sports Drink. You know, the NFL season is quickly approaching when the Patriots are getting banged for cheating. It is I, Rob Paul, a.k.a. the NFL fan who actually doesn't think the new fair catch kick return rule is turning the NFL into flag football. And joining me as always is AJ, Adrian Peterson, could average four and a half yards per carry right now. Marquise. It's better than most of the backs in the league are on. Today, we'll be breaking down the NFC West's 2023 NFL Draft Classes. Let's hit it. Seven. 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 Seven rounds in heaven with my baby. Driving out to Casey, maybe. Looking for Stroud or a Bryce Young. Who's going to wear a Hawaiian shirt today? Who's going to put ketchup on a stick? Who's going to find a steal in the fifth? The home team. Let's go seven rounds. Let's go seven rounds together. Let's go seven rounds forever. And that's a song. Today's episode of Seven Rounds in Heaven is brought to you by Sports Drink, your digital water cooler. Sports Drink is a newly created internet community that tries to find the intersection of sports and not sports. They're here to help us grow and to hate your favorite team. A rising tide lifts all boats, so go check them out online or on social. Go to sportsdrink.org or open Instagram and type in at sportsdrink, spelled like sportsdrink without the vowels. All we ask is that you close the door behind you. We're trying not to let the funk out. The NFC West, the NFC Best, it's our final division in the 2023 NFL Draft breakdowns. Um, it feels like the draft was so long ago. It feels like everybody's either moved on to dissecting reps on air from, from minicamp, training camp, or is already scouting the 2024 draft. Not us. I, I keep tweeting about rookies, and I feel... And, like, I feel like nobody cares because they've just mentally moved on. I feel like the draft was yesterday. I'm, I'm locked in still. Well, I it, I feel like it was so long ago and it was less than a month ago. This month has flown by, in my opinion. Yeah, that's because you're a, a, a Vegas and Florida sports fan. So think yeah. Everything's going right for you this month. I just sleep when the game's not on, so. Um, the NFC West, I think... Ending with this is nice because, for the most part, uh, some good, strong drafting. Lots of different approaches. One team having just a plethora of fifth and sixth round picks. One one team having a new GM make some big maneuvers. One team just being weird, but they're good, so we can't really judge it too hard. And then one team Seahawking. So, there you go. Let's get into it. Let's talk the Arizona Cardinals. Where new GM Monty Austinford, I feel like, gave a lot of people some confidence coming out of that draft. 
just with the way he played the board. Yeah. Trades back, acquires some extra picks, trades back up to six, gets his guy in Paris Johnson. So they get their, their cornerstone tackle in Paris Johnson, but they also leave the draft with an additional first-round pick from the Texans and a third-round pick from the Texans in Titans, yeah. all for 2024. So they're loaded for 2024 if they want Marvin Harrison or Caleb Williams. But right now, they come up with Paris Johnson, too, who I don't necessarily think either of us thought he was a clear-cut top 10 prospect, like one of those tackles where you're like you're banging the table for him. But in this class, I don't think it's like gross to take a guy like him six when you definitely need offensive line help. Uh, yeah, I agree with you. Like he was twelfth on my board, so yeah, same. I think he, I think he was like eleven, twelve, or thirteen for me. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I got no problem with that. Especially like yeah, you need the tackle. Like their tackle group isn't awful, but you need offensive line help in general for sure. You know you've you've been lacking that real franchise tackle, and um, especially you know maneuvering the way they did and picking up. A potential top ten pick next year, and obviously two thirds. Well, one from the Texans, um, like that. That just like even better business, you know. Yeah, he he's also a guy that I think he we we often forget just because he's at Ohio State. He was a five star. He only played one season mm-hmm. left tackle at Ohio State. He's got so much room to grow. He's a young guy. Um, and he's got the size, the length, the the athletic traits you look for in a franchise tackle. Yeah, and I, I just think everything is there for him to develop. They've also got DJ Humphreys, who's been a constant for them. He's not like a pro bowler or anything, but solid. Uh, yeah, average to above average starting left tackle. Paris Johnson may not start at right tackle this season. I, I I'm interested to see kind of how they shuffle this line. Yeah, um, just Kelvin Beachum there, like. One of Paris Johnson or Beecham's going to play inside, I would think. And Paris Johnson played right guard last year at Ohio State. Yeah. Uh, as in 2021. But I, I don't know. Do you take the six? Like, you know what I mean? Like, is that the route there? Or like, there's Josh I, Jones. Like, where does he end up too? Because he played some decent snaps for them. I, I I struggle with it just because I think what, if Bear, Paris Johnson, if the end game is playing him at right tackle, let's play him at right tackle now. We're not yeah. competing this year. Yeah. Let's let's have him out there rather than force him to play guard. But I can also understand where Kelvin Beecham's a veteran uh, captain in this locker room. Like when Kyler, if Kyler Murray's coming back and they truly believe in him, like we want to have our best five out there, and, and maybe it's a tougher ask for Beecham to kick inside. Yeah, but maybe that's the key is when Kyler's healthy. You know. Yeah. Because if he's not, um, why that like just just let Paris learn outside or or not learn but just play there. Paris might need to play center at this rate. You don't like the Jolte Froholtz? But, um, so it'll be interesting to see how how they go about getting him on the field. But, I I mean, you look at this offensive line, there's no way he's not starting somewhere by week one. Absolutely, yeah. And and just with his um, pass protection protection potential, just the, the, the light feet, the length, he mirrors really well. I think everything's there for him to to be like a very good piece for a Kyler Murray led mm-hmm. offense, and I think you can develop like he needs to get stronger at the point of attack. Yeah. But every like we saw flashes, and again, he's a young guy who hasn't played a ton of tackle at, at the college level. We saw flashes of that athleticism really being um, his key trait as a run block with yeah, his ability yeah. to climb. He was good, like just you know when asked to, like you know block on the move and stuff. Yeah, so it's just getting him stronger, and I think, yeah. I mean, 
the based on that survey the cardinals <laughs> might remind not be the best place they to train but lifting like water bottle jugs yeah <laughs> and, and and yeah i just i i i think you also look at this pick in a, a brighter light just given the way monty Osifer kind of handled it yeah. they, like everything said that paris johnson was their guy pre-draft but they didn't sit and pick they made the move back acquired more capital to get loaded for a better draft next year and then at the risk of missing on their guy they moved up and like debating the move back up like the move back up doesn't hurt given the fact you acquired so much moving back it wasn't that expensive really it was 34 and 168 for 6 and 82 like that's you know that's like they they missed out on laporta like (laughs) that's really all it was and then they used 81 to move too so like they did so many trading and they had 33 and they swapped that to the titans to pick up an extra third yeah so, uh, I, I just like the way that it felt like for the first time in a while, the Cardinals had an adult in the war room. Yeah, hey, I did. I, unfortunately, I don't know how we feel about Gannon yet, but hell, this this is not what we're talking about. We're talking about the draft, baby. <laughs> I, I just like directly before the draft, we find out the Cardinals I are being stri- st- swapping picks with the Eagles because of the tampering. That just made me f- oh. has zero confidence going to the draft. But, and then Monty pulled it off. Like, he did a really good job, like you said. So. Ex- exactly. And then at 41, I think you feel even better because yep. one of the best players available at that pick, they take him in BJ Ojolari. They need pass rush help. Gannon coming over from the Eagles where they're just loaded at pass rusher. And I know they took two last year in Cam Thomas and MyJ Sanders um, in the third round. But I, I I don't think you could pass on Ojolari. No, I totally agree. They need, I know they took those guys, but they still need a lot of help there. I mean, we saw glimpses from both. Um, but, yeah, I, I think Ojolari, I don't know. He's probably my second best player still available. He's 21st on my board there at 41. So, yeah, you need that. I mean, their, their defensive front is pretty um, pretty abysmal. And I know, like I said, Maja had flashes. Uh, both the Rooks had flashes and Cameron Thomas, too. But, no, you got to add there. And Ojolari is going to be, I think, just a week one starter. And um, a guy that I wasn't sure exactly where he was going to go pre-draft. I know we both of us were high on him. Um, kind of, I guess, ended up where we expected. But, no, I think that's a great pick. I, I think that's, like, starting your rebuild in the trenches. I know this team has a lot of needs, but... Starting to rebuild in the trenches, really focus on next year, I think, is a wise decision-making. Yeah, and, and if you look at the day two pass rushers, yeah. uh, they kind of fell a little goofy. They um, Right before him, uh, Isaiah Foskey goes, and, and before that, Derek Hall. And, yeah. and for me, Ojolari and Hall made the most sense for the Cardinals. Just because I think Ojolari, despite lacking some weight in his pit, he's like a pro-ready pass rusher mm-hmm. who explosive first step can bend, has a has a developed pass rush plan. And, again, Gannon coming over, like, maybe gets used in a similar way. I'm not comparing him to Hassan Reddick, but maybe gets used in a similar way to Hassan Reddick. Um, he's a guy who plays his ass off. Yeah. And I, I'm just excited to, I guess um, – See how these day two pass rushers stack up because if you look at last year's day two pass rush pass rushers, they only averaged like two sacks each as rookies. So I, I think we we get caught up in like how impactful day two picks will be as rookies. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I I I think him and Derek Hall have the best chance to lead the day two rookies in sacks, and I'm glad they're both in the same division. Yeah, me too, Rob. Um, and moving over to seventy two in the third round. Uh, their secondary it was a mess. They grabbed Garrett Williams from co- the corner from Syracuse. So Go ahead. With this pick, mm-hmm. 
I thought it was a bit early. Me too. But, but I think he's a high floor player, and they kind of just need guys who are going to be able to play in the NFL. Yeah, and their corner room is a mess. And I think, oh like, it, if Garrett Williams was healthy, this is probably where he'd end up going, right? And, yeah. Or maybe earlier. I mean, hell, he went here, so... Um, but yeah, no, I, I thought uh, Gary Williams is a really good corner. And like, like we just said, they're starting what, like Marco Wilson, Rashad Fenton, and they don't have much going on. Like, it's just, they need the help there. So I think I was kind of surprised to see him go top 100. I thought like, honestly, that he would go later than we had him, um, which I had him like, I think 117 or something like that. Yeah. But I, right around there, early fourth. Yeah. But like, especially like other corners, like, I, I find the way it's stacked. I think this is a good pick here. And, oh God, they just need, again, they just need a corner who can play in the NFL. Because if you look, like, Antonio Hamilton slotted yeah. in to start for them right now. Yeah. The other corner is Marco Wilson, who's being backed up by Christian Matthew, who was a seventh-round pick last year. Rashad Fenton is, is one of the top backups who, um, and, and Chris Boyd, like, guys who've been cut by other teams. Like, yeah. and, and Garrett Williams, who I think just isn't, an awesome athlete and, and needs to improve his ball skills. But man, I thought he just such a technically sound guy. Mm-hmm. He, he's cover versatile. I think he could play nickel if you needed him to. Great footwork. Like I think he's just a high floor player. Like, and that's what they need. Yeah, they do. They do. And like, their group is already not super athletic, so might as well get a guy that's that's good. <laughs> you know, he's not like definitely not a hell of an athlete even before the the ACL injury. But yeah, just like just just very solid corner. Um, I was like, you know, pretty pretty aggressive coming forward too. Um, no, I think that's a good pick. And then their other third round pick, they take Stanford receiver Michael Wilson, who I think if you look, like I, I, I you were higher on Michael Wilson mm-hmm. than I was, but I think if you look at how the receivers kind of end up stacking, and we talked about this a little bit last show, just because the Raiders took the next receiver in trade Tucker. <laughs> yeah, you, you probably feel a little bit better about this because prior to Michael Wilson going. It was Josh Downs, and that to me was kind of where the top-ish end receiver stopped. Yeah. And so, if if the choice was to reach on Michael Wilson or Trey Tucker, I feel a lot better about Michael Wilson. Yeah. The only thing that really scares you off is like he's barely been on the field the last three seasons. I think it's fourteen yeah, games and, over three seasons. And just to add more context to it, the next receivers taken were Darius Davis, uh, Charlie Turner. Jones, and Tyler Scott, yeah. who are all smaller receivers. And I think this team was looking for some more size of the receiver position just because they've got Hollywood, they've got Rondale, because um, uh, Cliff and, and uh, uh, what's his name? The, Kime? Uh, yes. Kept okay. drafting tiny receivers. Yeah. So I think they were looking for a little bit more size. And Michael Wilson's not the same type of receiver as DeAndre Hopkins, obviously. Hopkins went over that ball winner where Michael Wilson's this like well-rounded player. like Really good route if runner. He, if he could have been healthy, I think we see him go much like maybe not much earlier than 94 but earlier for sure just because like he's such a well or refined route runner Mm -hmm. good ball skills good size um athleticism yeah it's not gonna wow or at least like he's a decent athlete but the straight line is yeah yeah enough enough. and like you said it's just a good body to add in this in this receiver room because they don't have any like nuke is nuke but who knows if he's gonna be on the roster come september right um like trade, not cut, because <laughs> they could use him. But yeah, he's he's the type of receiver they just don't have, you know. Um. um so yeah, again, yeah, kind of surprised, but yeah, like you said, comparing uh, to where the other receivers, I think it's a good pick. And again, similar to the Garrett Williams pick, 
I think high floor guy yeah. who I at minimum I think's a, a solid fourth receiver who's going to help on special teams. That's the other big thing mm-hmm. with him. He's a wicked special teams player. Yeah. Um, and they just need rosterable players right now. Yeah, they do. And like the, again, like I think both guys would have probably gone injured uh, earlier if they weren't injured. But then the, the, also the issue is they're high floor, but that kind of minimizes that too. Um, hopefully, I I like both players a lot, so hopefully they both stay healthy and and they can like, both these guys can contribute quite a bit to this pretty awful Cardinals uh, roster this year. And in the fourth round, they they go with the old short shuttle offensive lineman magic trick and. They take UCLA's John Gaines, who ran sub, what is it, sub four, five short shuttle. And it's like pretty much every offensive lineman to do that makes it in the NFL. Uh, and Gaines is a guy I'm a big fan of. And again, a player who I think is a rosterable player. Mm-hmm. Could be a swing interior guy, maybe something more if we're lucky. Their interior really is awful. Great, yeah, re- really great mover. Bit of a bowling ball in the run game. Um and a guy who's got experience playing guard, center, and tackle. Yeah, like he, I think instantly he's one of the three best interior offensive linemen they have on the roster. It's just like, how are they going to shuffle I, this line around? I don't know. I man. was going to, yeah, I was going to ask you because obviously one guard spot is Will, Han- Will, Ander- yes. Will Hernandez. Will Hernandez. The <laughs> other guard spot is one of Paris Johnson, Kelvin Beach, I'm assumably. Yes. And right now, Fro holds through center. Like, I wonder if John Gaines Gets beats for snaps at center. Yeah, I, I think his game fits it, right? I think that's a that's worth a look. Um, he, like, in all their depth chart right now, Lasaitis Smith's the backup center. That's a guy who was a guard at Montana, guard, right? Yeah. So it's just like, Gaines is probably their swing interior guy. I, uh, maybe not week one, but by the end of the season, I would think so. Yeah, agreed. Um... In the fifth round, they take Houston quarterback Clayton Toon. This was right when the quarterback run kind of just passed. They take Toon, DTRs next. Prior to that, it was O'Connell, Stetson Bennett, and Jay Kaner. I, I think this is maybe a round earlier than I thought Clayton Toon would go. But, again, given the context of the quarterbacks were going and they, yeah. they wanted to come away with one, Kyler's hurt, obviously. Colt McCoy's also been banged up um jeff driscoll and david blau are the other quarterbacks on the roster i can understand. oh so they're good no no they're good with driscoll and blau baby um yeah i don't i can understand it i didn't have a draftable grade on two and i think it was my first non-draftable grade so like not like i'm surprised to see him get drafted but um yeah i can understand the swing i don't mind clayton two and i i don't know yeah i think i think Dris- jeff driscoll and david blau are, are the ceiling for clayton Dune anyways baby so uh yeah i mean i i think the the he's kind of got the a, a high ish floor just mm-hmm. because of his mobility he's short accuracy he's pretty poised yeah it's fine um would you oh, be, pop- would you be surprised if tune takes some snaps this starts. year i didn't say starts i said take some snaps just with the kyler's no, yeah but it's funny because, again, like looking at the quarterbacks taking ahead of him, I wouldn't be surprised if Hayner, Stetson, and O'Connell well, all – I don't I, – O'Connell might start a game yeah. just given the Jimmy G dues. Yeah. Which, geez. Um, but, yeah. no, I, I guess I wouldn't be surprised if Clayton Toon took some snaps this year. Shmiel. I mean, the Cardinals have started worse quarterbacks, John Skeleton. <laughs> the GOAT, yeah. We're going to have a lot of uh, rookie quarterback rundown in the, in the fall, I think. That's what yes. my prediction is. Uh, their next fifth round pick, Auburn linebacker Owen Popos, freak show athlete, never totally put it together at Auburn. Um, 
I like betting on the athleticism here. I think yeah. it's a fine pick. Uh, a, a linebacker room that is not good on paper somehow. Well, outside of Dennis Gardak, yeah. Like, it's just it, – it's very dependent on if Zayvon Collins steps up. They signed Kaiser White. Isaiah Simmons is basically just playing nickel now. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Dennis Gardak's the GOAT. But Popo gives them some interesting depth here where the, they don't have a lot of depth, like uh, – at the moment special so teams I, I, help too and that's a team yeah. that you know when you don't have depth you don't have good special teams so yeah and then double in the sixth round they take louisville uh double east west shrine bowl picks louisville corner kytrell clark and west virginia interior defensive lineman dante stills i love the clark pick yeah He's one of my favorite guys undersized but feisty's hell uh was i think among the best players at the um at the east west shrine bowl and I think it, it'll depend what they do with Isaiah Simmons, but I would not be surprised if we see Kytrell Clark start a game at nickel. Yeah, I, I, obviously it depends on Simmons. But I was about to say, like I think by the end of the season, Clark will be their nickel corner if you want to put it that way, right? Um, yeah, I think so. I think that's going to end up being a really good pick. And like I like Clark a lot, but that still says more about this awful secondary, but that's a really good pick at 180. And like adding Dante Stills, uh, why the hell not? This defensive line is pretty awful um you know i think a guy that that can move a bit can, can kind of like it's a bit of a tweener you know i think that's a it's a fine pick and oh i guess that's it <laughs> and what's your grade because uh, because at the end of that i had written that the the picks they acquired no, yeah me, me too um kind of hit it not not counting the fact that they added those picks i give it a, a b plus just because we're not really, I, I feel like we're not counting trades. We're, we're more evaluating the players they acquire. Um, but I, I, I think just getting that type of capital in a better draft next year it would actually garner like an A minus, probably. I think if uh, yeah, I that. I think I'd be more like a B from this class and a B plus, and I give them a B plus because not to factor in the trades fully, but. The way they moved up and down the board did, did help. Like, like they traded Broderick Martin essentially for Gaines and Clayton Toon and Owen Popo in this class too. You know what I mean? So yeah, that helps. So I, I give him a B plus I, as well. I I also feel like they just again like from the first through fourth rounds they took a guys who have high enough floors that I think all of them are going to be on this roster, yeah. if not above just depth pieces. I, I, and that's what this team needs. Exactly. I, I think Money Austin for clearly had a handle on what they were. Like, the process was really well done by him. It's nice to see a team that comes in immediately and they know what they're doing because, yeah, it, it felt very much like, okay, let's get some, you know, foundational depth, high floor pieces and kind of kick the can till next year while still getting, you know, hopefully our franchise tackle and a high-impact edge, you know what I mean, and some starters along the way. Um, no, I think they just, like, they attacked this draft very uh, very wisely. And like you said, with that, with that Gannon news right before the draft started, I thought this franchise was just going to, like, keep on never winning a Super Bowl. Um, and I don't know if I'm going to say they're going to win a Super Bowl, but way more promising with Monty Austin Ford at the helm. Um, moving on to the LA Rams, who just I have a thousand grossly picks. long. I hate this so much. <laughs> you know what's the, even more annoying is they made good picks, so we actually have to talk about them. Yeah, I know. It's, uh, you can't be like, they're fu- why they have so many fifth-round picks? I don't know. Four fifth-round picks, three sixth, three seventh. All comps. But, picks, hey, man. okay, they kicked it off. In this, they didn't have first-round pick, obviously, because they never do. But uh, in the second round, 
they took my guy big steve avila i thought that was a home run pick yep. for a team that that the roster's really bad the roster's really and bad I, and the offensive line might be even more <laughs> like the defensive line and offensive line are fucked and and they have aaron donald in here saying that yeah, like the, oh, the they have the worst front seven I think I've ever seen, and they have Aaron Donald. This right team now. won a Super Bowl not long ago. Like how? And, but, and like actually, the whole de- it's, uh, this is the worst defensive depth chart I've ever it's seen. Bad. It is so bad. I mean, and it has arguably the best defensive player in NFL history. I, in it. I, I, and he's still really good. I don't think it. And, I don't think it's an exaggeration to say like the <laughs> the space between the top player on their defensive. Like in their on their defense, Aaron Donald, compared to their second player, is maybe the greatest golf in the history of the sport. Who is the second best? Player? I don't fucking know. Like by end of season, it might be one of these rookies. Yeah, but hey, we're talking offensive line. We're talking big Steve Avila. I thought this was a good pick, not only because I love Steve Avila, who's my interior offensive lineman one, but again, it was a need. It's a high floor player, a, a, a guy who I think can immediately give a boost to your run game. He's very um he's a very stout pass protector as well. Uh he'll start at left guard week one. It, like I guess if you're trying to be optimistic, like they, they took Logan Bruss in the top one hundred last year and like you've got two young guards there to build around. By the way, uh, Jordan Fuller probably, right? I guess. But not healthy. He's been hurt. Yeah, no. But like he's also like by far the best player in the secondary. So yeah. I don't know. I don't yeah, know. it's probably Jordan Fuller and Ernest, Ernest Jones. Jones Super yeah. Bowl. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, but no, Steve Avila is a great pick. Again, like you said, this offensive line was awful. Avila's gonna come in and start week one. Um uh, go on, please. I I'm going <laughs> I'm gonna do we're gonna just do each round all together for this team. So in the like third it. round they took Tennessee edge rusher Byron Young and Wake Forest defensive lineman Kobe Turner, who I, I both earlier yeah. than I was expecting, yeah. but both good football players address his needs. Again, their defensive line is not in good shape. I think, like, Byron Young, like, I'm not capping AJ. Byron Young's going to end the season as their best edge rusher because he's probably the best edge rusher right now. Um, he, he might also be the second oldest player on this defense. So. <laughs> yeah. He, he's a 25-year-old rookie. Um, but he's, to me, he's like a uh, um, a slightly more toned down version of what Derek Hall is going to be for the Seahawks. Like super explosive, a little a little short, super explosive, good speed to power, um, needs to develop more pass rush moves, plays really hard, set a pretty strong engine, not to the same levels Derek Hall, mm-hmm. but uh, like, I I mean. They need. They're gonna. He's gonna be playing so much. He'll be a guy we're talking about on the rookie. Oh yeah. Uh, rundown like every week. Just he's gonna be playing so much. Yeah. I mean, like he's a great athlete. Um, this is earlier than I had him, but like I expected him to go top one hundred. You know, like. Um, he went after the other Byron Young. He did that. That I didn't expect. But just, and like, go ahead. If like the next defense or edge rusher taken is Yaya Diaby, who's not really a true stand-up edge yeah and then the the next after that wasn't until the fourth round and it was dylan horton who's also not no the same type of player. not at all i like both edges they ended up with the more than in a bit but no that's a good pick I, I i'm cool with that pick like i don't think it's an a plus or anything but solid pick and they they i don't think they can go wrong because they just need players yeah and then kobe turner who's it was a, maybe a round earlier one of your guys though rob 
Yeah, I love him. Uh, leverage monster, great uh, short area quickness, can play up and down that defensive line. Uh, he's going to be a really good run defender who just needs to develop more of a pass rush plan. Um, if he can unlock his hands, that'll do wonders for him. Yeah. But and like a guy who on, I, I see being a high floor depth rotation. About guy. to say the same thing. Yeah, like they, I wasn't as high on him as you were. I thought this was quite early, but a guy you like a lot, like you said, just just. Strong as hell and just works his ass off. He's relentless. And I think for this team, like you said, I think he's going to be a very, very stout run defender. I don't know how good of a pass rush he's going to turn into, but he's got Aaron Donald to learn behind, so that this is great for him. But, um, yeah, like, I, I think just for this team, they just need bodies. And I think this Kobe Turner is a guy that's not going to just be you know a body for this year. He's a guy that's going to be in the rotation for, uh, for whatever the hell this team looks like down the road, right? Yeah, um... Uh, yeah, see, both of those guys are going to play a lot, and I think they're going to be fine. Like, I don't know how high their ceilings are, but, yeah. again, this defense is so bad that they just need that. Yeah. Fourth round, they take Georgia quarterback Stetson Bennett. They get Stafford, his buddy. Stetson's starting a game this year. Stetson's 100%, right? 100%. 100%. If Baker can start, so Stetson can start. Um, I think it's funny because I think, ultimately, Brett Ribbon's going to be their actual top backup. <laughs> Should be. And people are going to be upset. He might be younger than Stetson. <laughs> Stetson, so in the, I don't like Stetson that much, but like the quarterback run was happening. If he's your guy, I get it. If he's bigger too, yeah. If you just the value can to where like the quarterbacks were going, this makes sense. You know, like yeah, like it's not a horrific reach when you think about it that way. Like I thought it was uh, more of a fifth, sixth round guy, but like again, this is the end of ish of the fourth round. Yeah. The worst part about this pick is how the media reacted after it. But that's... Yeah, I think that's just – which sucks because, honestly, it's not Stetson's fault, but just the way the media talks about it makes me just naturally dislike him. Stetson seems like he can be a long-term – Backup. Yeah. Starter. Long-term starter, yeah. No, long-term, like, middle-of-the-pack backup. Like, he'll be in the NFL for a while. I think so, as long as he doesn't – yeah. As long as he keeps his head on straight, yeah. Doesn't have too many beers. Doesn't want to open uh, too many uh, car dealerships in Athens. Okay, the fifth round. This is where they made their money. Yeah, the fifth and sixth round, um, and the seventh round. Honestly, uh, let's see. Go um, in the fifth round. They took Appalachian State edge rusher Nick Hampton, Georgia offensive lineman Warren McClendon, Clemson tight end Davis Allen, and BYU receiver Puka Nakua. Yeah, all the guys become the best uh, at their position on the team instantly. <laughs> Well, Nick Hampton yeah. might be the second so, best edge so rusher by the end of the year. They, seriously, they so. they have the most uh, rookies in their two deep in the NFL right now. Uh, not only do they have thirteen on offense and defense, their entire special teams units rookie, like long snapper, kicker, and punter are all rookies. It's fucking hilarious. I love this team. I think it's my favorite. This is my number two team this year. I know I've said this to you so many times, but it upsets me that they won a Super Bowl. I wish they fell short because now I'll always be like, well, they did it. So they funny. won the Super Bowl. Yeah, and then you yeah, turn into this shit show. I hate yeah, it. Yeah, but this is this is so good for us as a, a content it is. creating it is. machine. If it wasn't the Rams, you know, if it was like if it was like, I don't know, pick a random other team, I would probably I'd probably be so on board with you, but I hate the Rams, so the saddest Super Bowl parade. Oh, awful. Anyways, Nick Hampton was a really good pick here. I, I liked him a lot better than uh, 161. Um, he's going to come in. I like the idea of just getting two like f- like super athletic dudes in Byron Young and Nick Hampton to kind of s- swing off the edge there. That's a lot of fun. Yeah. I think like Nick Hampton's a guy who, if he was a bit bigger, oh. I think he, he goes potentially in the third round. Yeah. I had a fourth round grade on him. They get him in the fifth. He's, he's a guy who's just he's sub 240, but 
like explosive first step and uses his hands pretty he well. Does. I, I think he's gonna he's gonna be a like a quality rotation guy. This feels like one of those guys. I know less need is less need, but like it feels like one of those guys he's found on day three that's come in and contributed quite a bit on the edge, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and then McClendon just feels like a good a guy who's played guard and tackle at Georgia. Good depth piece. Yeah. Like nothing, nothing was too exciting about his tape, but there's nothing like egregious about it either. Yeah. He he he. Good hand use, plays with good leverage and balance. Uh, better in the run game than pass pro. But like, he, I wouldn't be surprised if he starts. Me mostly. neither. I probably multiple. No, that's a really smart type of player to bring in when your um, offensive line He's looks bad. like this. Yeah, really. It's a good pick. Uh, Davis Davis Allen. They have a weird tight end room where like. None of the tight ends are good, but they've the like like Tyler Higby's pretend good, but he's a racist garbage human. Yeah. Um, Bryson Hopkins had that hype, and then went in the fourth round. They just traded for Hunter Long. I think Davis Allen's got a potential to be the best blocker in this room, and and he's really good at the catch point. And uh, when he's not being projected as a top fifty pick by Daniel Jeremiah, like this is a great value here. I totally agree. I think he. He's going to be a tight end, too, for a while in the NFL. I was about to say, like, two things. One, I'm really cheering for the Hunter Long redemption. But two, <laughs> okay. I love Hunter Long. But two, uh, I think Davis Allen will just be locked into tight end, two for this team for a while. And I think that's a good, good pick, especially when, you know, yeah. you don't have a lot of guys that are locked into any spot. And at 175, I thought he was going to go – I had him at 144 or something like that. Um, and we had Daniel Jeremiah saying he's top 50. And then, you know, I love that everyone just comes back and passes – DJ on the back for having like you know the best prediction and whatever it doesn't matter gripes, um, but no here at one seventy five I think that's a that's great value and this is Someone a guy that's is Mike Mayock I miss Mayock so much um, especially when we're talking about the West um, but anyways great pick here for the Rams I like this one a lot too uh, yeah they killed the fifth round because then they get Puka Nakua who I think is a great fit for this offense yeah. they like to have that receiver they can get the ball as a motion player use on those jet sweeps uh, Nakua did that at, at BYU. Um, he's really good after the catch. Uh, he, he he makes some impressive plays through traffic as well. Like he's another rookie who there's a great opportunity for him. They're playing Ben Skronik a ton. Yeah, like there's a big opportunity for him to touch the field and and not not to say like he's going to be Robert Woods, but like they've since Robert Woods got hurt, they've not quite had that same yak type of motion player and i think Dakua can do that obviously to a lesser degree for that yeah and well well built body too you know it's not it's not like oh maybe we can get that out of 2-2 that well but like a well built this receiver room is so weird i i both love and hate how much ben skoranek has played i want the lance mccutcheon emergence i want you, i want hunter long and lance mccutcheon to get 100 targets each this year that's why i want rob did, okay do you know braxton burmeister the quarterback is on this team as a receiver right now. i see that right now and that I want him to get 100 targets, too, please. And there's two people with the last name McCutcheon? What's going on? <laughs> Who's Cameron McCutcheon? Um, but would you be surprised if Nakua's like, it's week six, Sean McVay's got Nakua rotating in as a pass-catching running back for some reason? I have no – I don't believe in Sean McVay anymore after he just went to Lance McCutcheon <laughs> okay. get on the field. What? He's okay. like, yeah, let's get him a year off. What the fuck? Your team was awful. Play the man, the preseason superstar. You know which I believe in Lance McCutcheon, Rob. Come on. Um, but no, so this I don't is, trust this... him. I don't trust him. Okay, okay. you don't trust Sean McVay. No, go to the booth. Sixth let's round. go. Yeah. Sixth round. I trust I trust the last uh, year, though. TC – wait, are you the one – person who's like less is the reason the Rams are doing it. It was all less. Less is more. I always say that. 
he did draft Jared Goff. Uh, sixth round, TCU corner Trey Tomlinson, Nebraska edge rusher O'Shane Mathis, Ole Miss running back Zach Eckers. Studs. All studs. Um, Trey Tomlinson. So all, is... all starting at least one game. <laughs> yeah, 100%. Trey Tomlinson uh, is going to be their starting nickel week one. Yeah, so the, their, their secondary is super weird where – uh, not count. Well, their safeties are weird too, but Jordan Fuller is definitely clearly their best player. Um, but their corners right now are Darion Kendrick, Robert Rochelle, and, and Kobe Durant. Who and Robert Rochelle just doghouse. He just disappeared from this team. I don't know what happened there. Like they just don't play. Darion, Darion Kendrick was getting cooked up and down. But they love him apparently. Uh, Kobe Durant had that he, he sick had game with like yeah. two picks. Yeah. Um, and then their safeties are Russ Yeast and Jordan Fuller. <laughs> So, Russ East was a seventh-round pick last year. Uh, the top backup co- uh, corners are Sean Jolly, who was undrafted last year, Tamarcus Davis, who's undrafted rookie this year, I don't know and, and Trey Tomlinson. The other backups are all undrafted rookies this year. This is an insane depth chart. I'm going to throw up. Oh, Tanner Ingles on this team, though? Okay. And Quindell Johnson? Okay. Um... Trey Tomlinson starting a game. Trey Tomlinson, oh, if he was, he started week he was five, one. He's five eight one seventy eight. If he was five ten, Trey Tomlinson goes two rounds earlier in the fourth round. He's a great zone cover corner. He he's great instincts, great eyes in zone. He if it, it's basically his lack of length impacts his ball skills. So he a little pass interference. Uh, yeah, and and you just worry about his his uh, ability to hold up like in press coverage, but like. This is also the team that employed the shortest corner in NFL history in Nickel Roby Coleman. Um, that was damn good. And he was pretty good, yeah. So I, th- I think Trey Tomlinson's going to be, at minimum, like your t- backup nickel for a while. I think he starts a game as a rookie. I, I, think, he's, this is, I think he's the starter as a rookie at nickel. I'm in shock at, at the, the depth on this team all being it's on It's awful. It's awful. I mean, Quinton Lake played so much for them last year, too, uh, at safety. No, I think Trey Tomlinson's um, going to be the starter at nickel. And then... O'Shea Mathis, another like solid yeah. edge pick, a guy who brings more length than Nick Hampton and Byron Young, but um, super athletic too. Yeah, b- great big athlete, six five two fifty. He's just like super raw, but he plays hard. The Nebraska transfer just really didn't work out for him. I, no. I think he could be a a quality um, third fourth edge rusher for a team. Yeah, it develop it needs to develop, but no, this at one eighty nine really good swing for especially for a team that's just garbage, anyways. And then Zach Evans in the sixth round, a great value. Yeah, a guy who I think, if, if like talent wise, I think he was worth a third round pick. I totally agree. Uh, I think he's going to push Acres this year. Um, I mean, I think Kyron Williams, you know, he showed a little bit, but he's kind of locked into his role. I, th- I think Evans is going to push Acres, even though Acres yeah. flashed down the stretch. But I think Evans just has more juice than the rest of this backfield. Like yeah. Cam Acres. Feels like he just lost he juice after tearing the Achilles, yeah. and he's obviously it's been a little like tumultuous, like yeah. with him being off the team, back on. Um, Kyron Williams is, I think, uh, you're you're you just want him to be that satellite back, but Zach Evans could be that big playback. He's yeah. such a fluid athlete. He's great combo call, contact balance, and burst. Like he's also got the like. It wouldn't be shock if. Week nine comes around and he hasn't played a snap. Also, I loved. I, I kind of just took this in that they took three TCU guys in a row, but only two of them finished at TCU. Oh, I didn't even realize that. <laughs> they just took the last year's TCU team. Wait, all the TCU guys ended up in LA. 
That's weird. That okay. We need to call somebody. Should we? I'll mute that off. I'll take that into the pod and just keep that to ourselves. Yeah, there's something going on. Something's weird. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, Zach Evans, good pick. Um, yes, very good. Seventh, seventh, seventh round. They take Wingate punter Ethan Evans, Oklahoma State safety Jason Taylor the second, your guy, and my guy Toledo defensive lineman Dejuan Johnson. Yeah, Jason Taylor's starting for this team. I <laughs> there's not a doubt in my mind right now. Obviously, Jordan Fuller's starting at one safety spot. He's got injury history. Russ East was a seventh-round pick last year. Uh, Quentin Lake was a sixth-round pick last year. Um, um, the, all the other depth players are undrafted rookies or Richard LeCount, who's an undrafted player last year. Yeah. It's insane. Jason Taylor, I think, should have gone higher. Just given, even Just given his production, size, and athleticism, you'd think he would have gone earlier. Uh, yeah, I don't know how he went 234. I knew I was higher on him than anyone. I still thought he was going in the fifth yeah, round. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Uh, and in this bad so, safety class, too, I thought he'd get pushed mm-hmm. up. Like, I, I kind of expected fifth, four, but then I'm like, yeah, hopefully he gets pushed He's up to the fourth. He's a well-rounded football player. Yes. Great explosive. And fuck, they need that. Um, <laughs> Ethan Evans is the Wingate punter. Uh, really great that you have a rookie punter. Your long snapper is rookie uh, long snapper Alex Ward of UCF. And you got a rookie kicker battle between Tanner Brown and Christopher yeah, Dunn, Dunn, my boy from NC State, Tanner Brown, your boy from Oklahoma State. Uh, there's, like, you. I feel like you have to assume there's going to be a special teams fiasco just given oh, yeah. this like, Oh, yeah. Right? Let me put it this way. Alex Ward is the one I trust but the most out of, out of e- all of them. Ethan Evans uh, hits bombs, though, so keep that in mind. And uh, Dejuan Johnson. Yeah. A guy who I, if he had gone to a lot of other teams – as the, the as Mr. Relevant, I would have been like, ah, uh, he's going to be a practice squad player. I think he makes this team. Absolutely. I was going to say he's, three starters in the seventh round. Great work. He, he, he's a he, he's like undersized three tech who plays with awesome violent hands, great leverage, makes a lot of plays. I, I don't fantastic, know. Like, fantastic pick at Mr. Relevant. More impact than last year's Mr. Relevant, I'll say it. What did he grade this at? I give him a B plus. So, they got so many good too. football players. Um, they did what they had to do. So many teams could have had all these picks and done absolutely nothing with them. And I don't know. They drafted ten starters. Um, so good for them. Um, okay. <laughs> On to the San Francisco 49ers, who also have too many picks, even though they're yeah, but first round they're players. less interesting. Well, except for a couple of them, except for the kicker. Uh, 87. Their first, the 87. They take Jair Brown, the Penn State safety, who I didn't think he'd get out of the third round, but I still thought he'd go a little bit earlier Me too. than this. Yeah. Uh, that's a good football player. I think he takes over as a starter uh, for Tashawn Gibson next year mm-hmm. in, in year two. And I think this year who, you can kind of get more funky with Hufanga, too, and you can kind of just be your safe man, you know? Mm-hmm. Brown's just got great cover instincts. Yeah. He's not a great athlete, but like loose hips, good cover instincts. Good, good take on skills. Yeah. Like Von Bell, high floor, high floor safety. And I, in the box well. I think for this team, uh, that's a great, great first pick. Just getting a guy that's, if you need him to high come floor. in, he's going to look the part. Absolutely, he's going to be an NFL quality player. Um, in their second <laughs> high floor high pick was Mi- Michigan kicker Jake Moody, the best kicker in the draft. The uh, Robbie Gold was uh, was like forty eight, and it, we'll still bang him. Robbie Gold was kicking when I first started watching. I know. I remember him on the Bears, baby. Like, yeah, like the Super Bowl Bears. He was incredible yeah, that year. He was. Um, 
But yeah, Jake Moody steps in and I mean he's competing with Zane Gonzalez, I guess. But Jake Moody, best kicker in the draft. But so my my hang up here is I'm not shocked Jake Moody went in the third round. I'm a little surprised they did it just because they were lacking draft picks. Um, and like hard, you're drafting a kicker that you know is taking kicking high profile kicks immediately, like high leverage kicks, it, I should say. It, Part part of me wonders if it was a combo of the draft being kind of weaker. They pick three times in the third round. The next pick was worse. In it my was. Opinion. Let me put it this way: uh, Jake Moody was the best player available. But then it's like you look at the top of the fourth round. The top of the fourth round's I know. pretty good. But Chad, uh, Chad Ryland goes at one twelve. So you're like, well, Jake Moody's not going to be there the next time around. Yeah. And and, and Ryland wouldn't have been there either. So. They probably could have yeah, got like another year bad. out of Robbie Gold, though, right? Yeah, I think so. They they must really like Jake Moody. Who doesn't? Uh, and, and, like, I think he's going to be a really good kicker. So, whatever. It's bad value, but fine. It, look, I um, love Jake Moody. He's going to hit big time, but it's so scary taking a kicker at this point. Like, you never are mm-hmm. sure. But I, I um, Jake Moody's stud. So. Do you want my hot take? Chad Ryland has a better career. Fuck you. Chad Ryland's but a stud, not, too. But, but not in New England. Oh, I agree. New England, like, they're too, like, he, Bill's too hot-headed with his special teams. It means too much to him. If he misses, like, one in practice, he'll be gone and, like, end up somewhere else. Um, I think both. Both are I, th- both I thought there. you were going to say, oh, if he has the wrong thing tattooed on him. No, come on. Chad's, Chad's, no. Come on. Chad's good. Uh, that was Bill's smartest kicker. <laughs> well, not, not him, that he, he him. shouldn't have drafted that yes. man. Someone should have just looked at his body. You think all the work you do, you don't I, when you see a I think Bill wanted to prove a point. I'm gonna say it. Bill wanted to prove a point. Like not on my team. I had enough <laughs> okay. picks. Not on my we team. gotta get out of this. Cameron Latu. One oh one. Cameron Latu at one oh one. So I thought one, I don't think he was worth this pick. No. Uh but I get the like George Kittle's got the injury history. They want some tight end depth. Like but it's not a total surprise to me when they don't have a fourth round pick that they wanted to take a tight end in the third. Yeah. Um I just, I don't know, Latu's a high floor guy, but I just don't see anything super special. Like, his ceiling to me is Cameron Brait, which is a pretty decent ceiling. Just good blocker, uh, catch the ball while can play inline, can play a little bit of H-back. I just, like, um, a guy that was already, like, such tight end two vibes in college feels weird to take him in the third round. Yeah. Um, I also just, like... Like, Ross Dwelly was good enough. I don't know. And, and Charlie Warner, who's a, yeah. a, a better inline blocker. Whoa, they have Troy Fumagalli. Okay, that's our fucking guy. Like, uh, I think, like, like watching Latu last year, he kind of was more of that, just like, eh. But, like, earlier in his career, he had more glimpses of, like, a guy that can kind like, of, like, what, what, I don't I guess, remember what I was watching, but <laughs> I was watching some Bama game. I don't know why. And he was, like, it was earlier in, in Latu's career, and he was, he was popping off, baby. Um, they breaking tackles and stuff. He didn't see so much of that later in his career, but I still don't think he was worth a third-round pick. Uh, I also think when you, like, collectively look at the fact that they didn't have a first or a second-round pick, they had three third-round picks, and none of these guys, like, I guess Jake maybe theoretically helps them right away, but, like, they're a Super Bowl contending team. Yeah. And they, I just don't think, and the roster is so good that it, 
it's it's, it's gonna be hard to add stand. Yeah, it's gonna be hard to get but guys like, that really contribute. I thought corner was corner was a need, but they like Lenoir and they signed Isaiah Oliver to play and um, nickel. They made a really good pick with their next one at the position. Yeah, I thought it was kind of stacked a little funky, but yeah, I love Darrell Luter in the fifth round. To me, he screams a, a mm-hmm. 49ers corner who actually makes an impact big time. Um, really violent player at the catch point, despite not not being the biggest corner. Decent length, but a little late. How many hit, but how many so Niners perfect. corners can you have said that about over the last five years? Like, you know what I mean? Like, it, it, it's perfect fit for him. And, yeah, I think we, we're both big Daryl Luter fans who, um, you know, like this is probably – this is good value for him he here. Has, he has phenomenal footwork. He's like a natural press man corner. Those are hard to find, especially in the fifth round. So I, I think he's a guy who, who – who, like I think he's going to be better than Ambry Thomas right away. Yeah, probably. I mean, like – Hey, they took Samuel Womack the fifth round last year and did some moments. Like, yeah. they have a type. Luter, Luter tested well too. Yeah, I, I think that's like, realistically him and Brown might be, are probably the best picks they made, right? Yeah. Uh, the other fifth round pick they make was Georgia Edrisher Robert Beal, who would start at almost every team, every school in the country, but played at Georgia, mm-hmm. so he's more of a rotational guy, but a really good athlete who plays really hard and just doesn't have like a, a deep pass rush repertoire. Um, but he sets a good edge. He, he's really good coming backside as a pursuit player. Uh, I mean, in two years, I bet he's playing snaps for them. I, I think they did this just to be like, to keep up with Philly. You know, like they had to get one. <laughs> if they're going to try to beat him in the NFC, they got to get one. You know, I think that's the point. Just get, like uh, he can get under their skin. I think it's smart. And then the other TCU guy who's in California, D. Winner is a linebacker. <laughs> yeah. um, to be, they they are a team that gets so much out of these like undersized, super violent, explosive linebackers. Dre Greenlaw was this coming out of Arkansas, but they're always Fred Warner was obviously obviously more than this, yeah. but still was a steal in the third round. Um, it, it was Aziz Alshair, uh undrafted out of FAU, who I was a big fan of. People, yeah, play. no, and it's always and these guys that this... were like really good in college too. Like they pop, you know. Yeah, guys who were just like tackle machines, played really fast and violent, just just like D Winters, little small. Yeah, like I think D Winters, like Oren Burks is slotted to take over Aziz Alshair's spot right now. I think a year from now, D Winters yeah. is starting. Maybe. I agree. I agree. No, I think this is like not playing a ton of snaps because you're only really yeah. starting two linebackers, but like your third, he'll be their third linebacker. Yeah, I don't know if he'll be as good as Alshair was and get that you know get some money, but he definitely could be. And in the sixth round. Obviously, I was the biggest D. Winters fan, but in the sixth round, uh, even being able to talk like that is a hell of a pick, right? I will say this. If you look at each 49er pick, even the ones maybe you're a little lower on, it fits what they look for yeah. at those positions, yeah. right? Like this next pick, they take Braden Willis, the Oklahoma tight end in the seventh round, and he's a, a tight end fullback tweener, uh, a, a guy who ran wildcat quarterback. He's a good blocker. He can play H-back for you. They like these blocking, versatile, fullback, tight end types. Yeah, well, they got Jack Coletto undrafted, so they're good. Yeah. Um, so they take Willis, and then the next two seventh-round picks are, are Michigan's Ronnie Bell and Purdue linebacker Jalen Graham. Ronnie Bell, your guy. Yeah, Ronnie. I think Ronnie was just to help help Moody. You know, I think this is just to keep his, his – no, I'm just kidding. Are they boys? Of course they are. Come on. Ron, Ronnie Bell, I think, could be the backup slot receiver to – for this team, Ronnie Bell just like feels like a guy that's going to be just a solid, solid pro. Like nothing, yeah, nothing amazing, well-rounded, but just yeah, well rounded, well rounded route runner, 
good ball skills, not like a burner, doesn't have great size, not a contested catch guy, but and like can he'll catch the football when you ask him to slam. It feels like they, they needed more of that. I know this is the seventh round, but more of a guy like that to bring into this group, you know, as opposed to like swinging on a more of an athletic guy or anything. Just like a very solid guy, a guy you know. Um, and then Jalen Graham kind of fits the yeah. similar mold to D winners and that he's the super athletic guy who played all over that Purdue defense, um, plays violent football. He's just like very raw. He's a, for, a former safety. Um, but I think he'll, he'll be a special teams contributor. Makes it a hard draft to, to, to grade. Um, I, I ended up giving them a B minus. I, like, I think overall they did a fairly good job for what they had. It's just like, I think the law two pick was the worst. Um, like I think really that's just the one that was kind of like everything else. Is like yeah, that makes sense. And there's a couple of picks that are like oh yeah, that makes very much sense, you know. But yeah, I think B minus overall. I think a lot of people like you could probably get a little harsher on them, but it's not like they're spending major capital on kickers or something crazy, you know. Yeah, unlike the CL Seahawks, who the, the kicker here is that they killed the draft. Exactly, baby. Good, good work. Thanks. Um, Seahawks. Who had an unbelievable draft last year? On paper, they did it again. Absolutely. On paper, absolutely. I mean, one of the funnest, funnest picks of the draft was the fact that no one saw them taking Devin Witherspoon at five, and they did that. They fucked up the Lions' whole plan. The Lions had a meltdown. Um, After what the and, Lions and did for Seattle this year, this was so rude. And it's because like Seattle just doesn't take corners early. Yeah. But then when it happened, everyone's like, "Oh yeah, that makes so much sense. It's a great pick. He's gonna be so fun opposite Tariq Woolen. Heck yeah! Uh, can't wait to see what Pete Carroll and the squad do here. Um, Whether I mean, how happy are you? It's, I'm still surprised that they they pulled the trigger. I still would have preferred Jalen Carter, but like, yeah, of course, well, this makes so much sense. And hell, Tariq Woolen ended up having to uh, go undergo knee surgery um this week yep. which sounds like like a very minor thing but still um just you know if willing to go where some worse if you, if you were to miss time he's not going to from this but i'm just saying uh that cornerback group looks a lot worse but now bring in devin witherspoon uh a healthy healthy Tariq Woolen, that looks like a hell of a fucking group when this was a huge weakness for this team um most of last year outside of Woolen and and big time the year before you know and yeah i think just the potential of Witherspoon with Tariq Woolen is is mouthwatering, you know. And of course, mm-hmm. the with with Devin Witherspoon's demeanor, they couldn't stay away. Yeah, I mean, he's like the most violent inch, <laughs> most aggressive shit talker I've ever seen. I love him at corner. Yeah, he's he's scheme versatile. He's unbelievable instincts, um, and the fact that like if your big concern with him is well, he's only one hundred eighty one pounds. You're also pairing him with. The freakiest, biggest corner we've yeah. seen in recent memory, yeah. who you already know is good because he was a rookie of the year candidate as a fifth like, round rookie. Yeah, it's just like such a fun combo. It is. It, like, it, really, they could be the best corner duo in the league in a few years. And like, it's it's funny because then with their second first round pick, they at twenty they take Jackson Smith and Jigba. And if your concern with him is, well, he's not the super athlete for sub two hundred pounds. Well, you're pairing him with the freaky <laughs> DK Metcalf yeah. and a proven guy in Tyler Lockett, yeah. and, and not to mention that secondary, you have proven Quandre Diggs and if if Jamal Adams is healthy too. Yeah. Um, and JSN like fantasy wise, probably not the best landing spot, but I think it's the best landing spot for him to immediately translate to being an impact player. Because he's he's just a zone beater who's gonna eat out of the slot. He can create yak. 
he's unbelievable um, ball tracking ability. He is such a good route runner. He can learn from Tyler Lockett. I th- I think um, he could play on the outside, mm-hmm. but they don't need him to, which is nice to know. Like, yeah, if, there's not that pressure. His role will get bigger when, when Lockett um, ends up retiring or what have you. Um, yeah, I mean, like, I didn't expect them to actually pull the trigger on JSN, but I love it. I mean... Now that they have a quarterback that can actually attack the middle of the field and will, like I think, I think Jason will get a lot of targets. Um, like, again, it's not like he's going to be a wide receiver one, but like I never thought he was going to be. You know, um, this is perfect. I think he's going to just the space that that DK creates on the outside and, and Lockett just you know is always getting open to bring in JSN. Like he's going to eat. I think you're right. Um, they they had a hell of a first round. You couldn't do much better than that. Um, and like realistically, knowing the Seahawks franchise, and you know, uh, <laughs> Pete Carroll, I'm shocked that they ended up with a corner and a receiver. I am, but you know what else, Rob? Big D Eskridge hype coming out of uh, early camp. So, is there actually? Yeah, there is. <laughs> so, God. Oh, God. that's a what yeah, for. I mean, Love it. Both of these guys are super high player, high floor players. That I, th- I think in a division that is winnable. Yeah. Are going to be matchup. Well, Jason's going to be a matchup nightmare when you kind of complete this receiver trio. Well, especially when you look the at the Rams, Rams secondary the and the Cardinals secondary, <laughs> and like the 49ers secondary might be their weakness. Yeah, like, you know, like yeah. uh, like that's going to be fun. Gio's been cooking, and then you get a guy like Devin Witherspoon, who's this violent tackler who who's going to help slow a yak monster in Debo yeah. Samuel, um, a yak monster in Cooper Cup, and Whatever the Cardinals are doing, I don't know. Rondale Moore, Hollywood, Hollywood Rondale, whatever. <laughs> uh, Michael Wilson. Um, so I love that. Uh, second round, they start with Auburn edge rusher Derek Hall, who's a very Seahawks mm-hmm. type edge rusher, just a ball of hate. Um, he's the most. He might be the most like muscled up edge rusher I've seen. He's to me, he's a better version of what I think they they took in Boy Mafe last year. Um, yeah, he just. It's gonna be. It's gonna be like they suddenly have a lot of edge guys. Guys who I was have gonna say that flashed. Like Mafia's had up and down. Darrell Taylor's had big glimpses, but you know he's never put it. So I th- now I think with so Darrell Taylor's got the yeah big glimpses of passers potential. Yeah. Derek Hall's a guy who's a, a true power rusher um, that needs to develop that a little bit more. But I think high end run defender. Mm-hmm. And I think, like, if you're platooning those two, opposite and Wosu and Boy Mafe's for depth, like that looks really good on paper. Yeah, I like I, I don't know if they're ever gonna have a you know a real stud, but rotation is 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 just as good, you know. Um, and, yeah, the whole pick again, like it, it makes like he just he's just a ball of anger, you know. It makes a hell of a lot of sense. Uh, and I. I would have taken Oshilari here, but I, I think this was the right pick to, to get an edge, and he makes a hell of a lot of sense. I Yeah, I was going to ask you, because like, when I look at it just on paper, without considering Oshilari went 41, mm-hmm. I'm like, oh yeah, this is awesome. And then I did have Oshilari higher, but I think Derek Hall makes more sense for what they're, they're in need yeah. of here. Yeah. Um, the, uh, just because of what he can do as a run defense, that's such a motherfucking edge. And, and he's just the run defense is what they so need. Long. He's so powerful. Yeah, like I really like that uh, that fit. The pass rush had moments down the stretch, and then Wosu had a hell of a year. And and like they they if just that's the, just the edge rushers. Like they attack the defensive line, interior defensive Draymond line, Jones, and free agency. Yeah. Right? Dray, Draymond Jones, Jaron Reed, 
Mario Edwards Jr. Yeah, like, late now. Yeah, I, I still think like yeah. like in terms of their whole plan, I would have probably attacked this draft like more focused on both interior offensive line and interior defensive line, mm-hmm. and end up with you know at least you know one of these four. But like it's hard to I mean in a second. Yeah, I I get like that, but. It's hard to be upset with what they came away with. Exactly. It's like, what if they took Jalen Carter five and then everything else falls differently? Like, are you willing to, like, mm-hmm. you just going to be happy with this. Yeah. Um, and at 52, like, surprising pick. Again, not great for fantasy, but, like, I am not shocked that they like Zach yeah, Charbonnet. It makes so much fucking sense. Um, first of all, I mean, they drafted two other players from Michigan and he was a Michigan transfer, so throw that in there. Um, <laughs> I like, look, I mean, this pick could have been John Michael Schmitz and I would have liked this draft. A bit more. Wait, does the West Coast just have all the guys from the TCU Michigan? Yeah, absolutely. Exactly. Um, <laughs> but no, I mean, like, it's not surprising at all that they love Zach Charbonnet. It upsets me that they drafted another running back this early. <laughs> two running backs in the second round. But like, back-to-back years. After Kenneth Walker led all day two rookies in yards from scrimmage with, or maybe just all rookies, yards from scrimmage with 1,250. Yeah, would have won Office Rookie of the Year in any other year because they changed the voting system last year. Oh, crack. Oh, I care. Sorry, I, the Buckeyes win. <laughs> my vote would have been Garrett Wilson, so. I don't care. It's Michigan State. Eat, eat shit, little brother. You know what I mean? Um, um, but yeah. But, okay. What to you is best case scenario with this running back room? Because what I think will happen is Kenneth Walker will start the year, have some splashy plays, and it'll slowly become Zach Charbonnet's backfield because Pete Carroll just likes the size, likes the contact balance. He's a more consistent runner, less of a home run hitter, more Chris carson What do you think happens? I think the big thing is Charbonnet is so much more reliable in the passing game. Yeah. Um, and he's still already – and, they, hey, they double down with Kenny McIntosh in the seventh, which I think is a great pick too. Uh, they need another body in that running back room. That makes a lot of sense. But, yeah, I think that's the key for Charbonnet to get on the field early where Walker he just just doesn't doesn't have a great feel for the receiving game or the, as a you know pass protector. And Charbonnet is way better, just solid hands and can do stuff out of the backfield and pass protects pretty damn well. Um, I think it's going to be a, a very even split m- most of the year, honestly. And I think... I think they got like I said they got the they got the potential of the best um, you know cornerback tandem in the in, down the road and they got the potential to get the best running back room right like it, really on paper with how Kenneth Walker looked last year and how I think like this were right where we had Zach Charbonnet too right I am forty nine I think yeah yeah and like maybe the most like just well rounded back after Bijan in the class you know and yeah I think I think they're gonna just fucking this offense is gonna be damn good if if the interior offensive line could be good right. Which, yeah, in the fourth round, they address it finally. Yeah. LSU guard Anthony Bradford, who's another guy I'm not surprised they yeah. like. He fits the makeup of the type of guards they tend to draft, which is just these big, powerful, mean guys yeah. who it's been a little hit or miss. Um, they've got t- t- two slotted to start right now in Damian Lewis and, and Phil Haynes. Uh, do you think Bradford starts as a rookie? Um, I don't know. That's a good question. I, I, thought they, I thought they would have came away in this class with someone that, like, looks pretty like oh yeah he's gonna he's gonna win the job from phil haynes i'm not sure if anthony bradford is that type as a rookie you know i like i liked him a lot more than you did this is like right where i had him like you said just big old body and tested shockingly well shockingly well uh plays with some nasty like you said um a lot to work on though it's it's pretty pretty raw but yeah but yeah i don't know i like haynes is fine um i hope he starts because i hope he can just Make strides, um, but I'm not sure. But regardless, I think I think hopefully he can become a starter. Yeah, they used the fourth and fifth round to address the the 
interior O line and D mm-hmm. line, and the, the the next fourth round pick they go with Mississippi State nose tackle Cam Young. Who it's not a sexy pick. It's, they, it's maybe t- a round earlier than I thought. Yeah. I had him in the fifth round. I was higher on him than you. Yeah. I I like him for a team that just needs a a, a two gapping nose tackle. They needed it bad. And like he's not going to do anything as a pass rusher. He's not a great athlete, but he's like such a blue collar. Uh, hold the point type of player. And if they can get that out of him, that's a great pick. Yeah, like I, I, I like this one. I like this one especially in the context of the rest of the draft. Like I like this it, draft class so much, and this guy fits in exact. Huge. He does yeah. one thing well, and it's something they need. Yeah, and like um, he coming in at like three or four at the combine kind of worried me. Apparently up to three twenty, and they, they want him. Oh really? Okay, hell yeah. Makes me feel a lot better about that too. Um, speaking of keeping weight on, 151 in the fifth round, Mike Morse is coming in, uh, who I, we both loved during the season, looked great, and then tested so poorly. Uh, but that being said, he's coming in as a three-tech. Yeah, so so he was, I think he was 6'5", 275 at the combine, tested bad, just a, a big power rusher, so it's a good edge. I, it's kind of like William Golston as an edge guy to me. They're shifting him inside the three tech. He's up at two eighty five right now and adding, I think. So, I'm interested to see. I think it's a really interesting experiment. Um, like the thing is, like I like in a lot of the Seahawks tenure, they draft these guys. We're like, you know, we're adding weight or we're cutting weight and we're changing around, and it's like, oh, this isn't gonna work. The thing is with Cameron Young and Mike Morris, they got two fucking good football players. Like I know Cameron Young, like for what he does, he's damn good at. And Mike Morris had like you know has some really high end you know uh, reps as um, on a playoff team right so that's a project but i i I tend to think you can get it done with just how good of a player mike morris is um then the other fifth round they stick in michigan and they go with olu olu watimi who another day is like is he gonna start a game because ethan brown's penciled in as the starting center Mm -hmm. right now i was higher on olu than you were Uh, you were i i I had him in the fifth round i think i did too Oh, okay. Yeah, I love all of above juice scrugs. I think I had them like back to back, if I remember correctly. And like when you give that context, I, exactly. Yeah, I, like okay, but no, for real. In this draft, giving that context, I don't know why Olu fell lower than like I had him on my board. I thought he'd get overdrafted. Me too. Like, it was like, like a lot of these he's guys. Played all, he, he he's the Remington winner. He's in the Joe Moore Award winner. He, he started at uh, uh, Michigan at Virginia. Yeah. High floor guy, good good mover, good feet, good leverage. Um, he doesn't do anything poorly. He just like yeah, he just kind of. I just want to see him get a little stronger and be more yeah. consistent, sustaining blocks. But I think he could fit here. They seem to like um, Brown, but like, I, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if he. It's a competition. It's a competition, and I wouldn't be surprised if he wins the job. And like, at worst, you're getting a guy that's a very dependable backup. I think in the league for a long time. Uh, and then the sixth round, they take New Mexico safety, Jarek Reed, who, a guy we talked, I don't know if you remember this, we talked about him in the summer. Um, and he's, he's like just the most productive player New Mexico's had in decades. He's like, uh, the, like the West Coast scout apparently just like love this guy. <laughs> yeah. He's like rocked up, yeah. flies around the football field, like a, a feisty ass nickel. Yeah. Um, I like that they took him. Yeah, it makes a lot of sense. They they brought him in for a pre-draft. Like, it just, they were always going to take yeah, like, him. It makes sense. Like he, he's going to compete with Kobe Bryant, I think, for that nickel job. Ooh. Call him a shot. Interesting. Call him a shot. 
Also, they 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 uh they signed Arquan Bush undrafted. Congrats! I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. They got a couple guys. Like I mean, like their their safe their corner depth is really interesting. All of a sudden, after Witherspoon and Willen, because like Trey Brown was really good two years ago. Kobe Bryant they drafted yeah. early was up and down. Michael Jackson was good last year. So they signed Julian Love. I mean, like they signed Artie Burns, your guy. But yeah, no Love is. I, it's gonna be interesting to see how they use you know Love Adams and uh, Quandre who bounced back big last year, but you you know what else is gonna be interesting? How the, how are they gonna use Kenneth Walker, Zach Charbonnet, DJ Dallas, <laughs> and Kenny McIntosh who they took in the seventh round? Who not the same type of Georgia back we've seen, more of a pass catching satellite back, not like a great athlete, not not even a great runner, but a really natural pass yeah. catcher. The guy drafted for his pass catching ability and his pass pro. I think like I I thought it was lower than Kenny McIntosh like when we did running backs and everything, uh, and then he went this late. I not sh- I'm not sure why he did because uh, I think a lot of teams could use this type of guy as a third or fourth back. Um, and I li- like it makes a lot of sense. They needed another body. I like this type of body to bring in. It kind of surprised me when like usually they you know the Seahawks have a type of back right. And I thought like Daneric Prince would have been more of their <laughs> up there uh, up on their you know their kind of guy. But no, I like this Macintosh pick. Bring in another guy that can pass protect and catch the ball. That's never a bad thing. No, I I, I really like the Seahawks draft. Like I know if you like just look at it in terms of oh I wish they addressed interior O line or D line. Mm-hmm earlier i get it but it's hard to hate it when i think they came up with four really good players worth their value where they took them yeah. uh in the first and second round two guys who i think have uh pro bowl potential and two more who i think could be like superstar starters yeah not not getting a linebacker at any point kind of surprised me well, I mean, you got Bobby Dubs back. I know, I'm so happy. You signed Devin Bush, Michigan every Hold on, do you see do you see Devin Bush wearing number 0? They should, they should not allow that. I, I oh, think Devin Bush is. I hate Devin. I know Bush you so do, much. but him wearing zero is the coolest thing. He's gonna be, he's gonna be back, baby. He's gonna be good. He's gonna be good. Oh yeah, oh yeah. But yeah, they, I thought I'm kind of surprised they didn't do that. Maybe just the way it fell and the class wasn't very good. But yeah, like I, I totally agree. Like they came up with good players, and then they got guys that can step up, and hopefully they need to step up though, and kind of fill some of those holes. What'd you give them? Um, and oh. Also, they well, I give them an A because they signed Holton Allers undrafted. That that's that's a thing really where they is. He's got Viking. Blood. He does. I, Holton Allers. I don't know, man. That that article had me believing. Yeah. Um, yeah. Hey, the, 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 the they did the same style article last year. It was Brock Purdy. So exactly. I, I'm going to give them an A minus just because they can't t- keep keep taking running backs like that. No, that's why I give them an air. It's like, that's so funny. <laughs> Pete, Carroll, you, Pete Carroll and John Shire are the best trolls I've ever seen. It's going to be so much fun to watch Charbonnet and Walker. You know, so fuck it. Who cares? It's obviously going to yeah. be a lot of fun. Yeah, JSN's catching 30 passes. Yeah, but... Zach Charbonnet and Kenneth Walker each getting 200 carries. <laughs> Save on Cox Internet when you add Cox Mobile and get fiber-powered internet at home and unbeatable 5G reliability on the go. So whether you're playing a game at home, yes, cool, or attending one live, no! you can do more without spending more. Learn how to save at cox.com slash internet. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial cable. Cox Mobile runs on the network with unbeatable 5G reliability as measured by Ookla LLC in the U.S. to H2023. Results may vary, not an endorsement. Other restrictions apply. 
Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill.